0: Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Pastor Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for taking a moment to listen to the podcast. It means so much to me that you are wanting to expand your leadership journey and to do more than you've ever done in your leadership walk. Thank you also to those of you that have gone out of your way to extend the uh, podcast information to your friends and to other people that are on a leadership journey. Uh, That is an area that I think is just so important because uh, we all have an obligation to help other people as they take a journey in life. Hey, today I wanna take a minute and I want to talk to you about some things Jesus said about leadership. Now, when I say that, years ago I wrote a book about what Jesus said about leadership, and to me it was one of the most interesting uh, books that I ever wrote because I had to delve into the stories of Jesus and really get a front row seat of what he was trying to say on a leadership level. Uh, That book is available if any of you are interested, com. You can go there, and uh, what Jesus said about leadership is uh, available to you. But today I want to take a different story that's not in that book about leadership, and I want to talk to you about uh, keys Jesus taught on leadership. The story that I'm going to use is from Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 14. And in there, Jesus begins to talk about a man who uh, was very wealthy, who was traveling to a far country, and he left uh, goods to his servants. These goods uh, were different for each one. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. I think you all know that story. And typically, if you're in ministry, you teach that story to make people aware of uh, that God's given them something that he wants to do in their life. And uh, the responsibilities and the obligations of the... income that God's given us and how that income needs to be put to use for God. But I want to delve a little bit different because usually every story Jesus taught, there are three stories in it. There's the story that everyone hears. There's a story that a few hear, and then there's a story that only a couple hear. It's that next level of a few that I want to talk. I want to look at this story from a leadership level and say, what does it say to us about functioning as leaders? So there's six simple points. The first point is this, everything is not equal. Now, that sort of goes against the uh, universal fairness clause that most people have. We know that statement, well, that's just not fair. But in this story, it's clear that to one was given five, to one was given two, and to another was given one. That everyone was not given the same thing. Now, we're not talking about salvation, getting into heaven. We're talking about function, position, opportunity, and platform. We're talking about leadership. Not everyone's given The same things when it comes to their leadership journey. Some people have been given a larger opportunity where maybe it will be worldwide. Some people have been given an opportunity that maybe it will be national. Some people have been given opportunities where it's regional. And some people, uh, their opportunities are going to be within the context of a group of people that we would call church. Now this idea that uh, everything is not equal sometimes becomes a concern. But if we really look at the life of Jesus, we see this play out many times. Remember, Jesus found the 12 disciples. Well, the 12 disciples were all going to be individuals that were going to take the church to uh, from infancy to maturity, and they were all going to have responsibilities. Yet within those 12, there were three. There was Peter, there was James. And there was John. And these three are going to navigate through opportunities that they had. They're going to be asked to see things others do not see, uh, to respond to moments that others were not a part of. It's going to be unique. So out of the 12, there were three. It wasn't equal. We know when Jesus, at the very, very end, before he goes up to heaven, uh, runs into Peter and says, Peter, you're going to die, and you're going to die a death similar to me. It's at that point that Peter immediately reacts, seeing John, and says, well, what about him? And Jesus deflects and says, what do you mean, what about him? It's not what I've asked him to do that's important. It's what I've asked you to do. And so he makes a distinction that uh, there may be things that John's going to experience that Peter's not going to experience. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when it comes to gifting, um, we it says in there that there are diversities of gifts. So we know that there are different kinds of gifts, but it even dissects it more. It says, and there are different operations of the same gift. So someone may have the exact same gift as another person, but it operates different. And then there's different administrations, uh, how that gift begins to play out in different settings. And so the Bible continually says that when it comes to giftedness, everything's not equal. Now, let me tell you about a friend that I respect so very, very much. Uh, he was an individual that worked at a church that uh, of a pastor who was very, very famous, Fact if I I said his name, everyone would go, oh yeah, I know him. But for telling this story, the names aren't important. This individual was uh, on this particular staff, and he was the executive pastor. But on this staff was also another individual uh, who was a part of this team. Now, these two individuals are individuals that I know, though I'm better friends with the uh, first one, who was the executive pastor more than I am the second one. But as I began to watch their journey, I began to see that uh, the person who I might not be closest to, he was given opportunity after opportunity to speak, to communicate, to be able to have moments where he was going to be in the forefront where the person I was closest to, those moments never arrived. I remember having one of those honest dialogue moments where I'm talking to my friend, and I just asked him, I said, does it bother you that this individual is getting all these calls to go speak, to go stand and to do things, and you're not? And this individual looked at me with a rare burst of maturity that I see uh, in few people, and he said, Gerald, God's given a platform to every person. And you've got to learn your platform, and you have to be comfortable with it. And you cannot be frustrated by the platform that someone else has. And so he said, God's obviously given this individual a platform that uh, he is going to have opportunities to go out, speak, and minister, and that's his platform. I do not get those calls. People do not ask me to go to other churches and speak, but I have a platform within this congregation. Hold that thought. Uh, A few months later, I'm in the car with the pastor of this church and his wife, me and Jenny, my wife, are are in this car, and I began to ask questions about these two. And it's at that place that the wife uh, began. of the pastor made an interesting statement. She said, you know what's so amazing? This individual is given all the opportunities to go out and speak on leadership, yet within our church, he has not raised up one leader. While on the other hand, the other individual has not uh, been asked to speak on leadership, but he's raised up over 300 leaders. I heard that and I thought, wow. Here's a guy who doesn't have the platform that's going to get him into the pulpits of a lot of congregation. But he understood that he did have a platform and he was faithful to that. And even though one of his dear friends was going to be out speaking, he didn't let that frustrate him. All things weren't equal, but he was successful in the platform God had given him. And so every leader has to realize everything is not equal. There are platforms that God gives to one that he doesn't give to others. The Bible says that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. It comes from God. And there's no marketing. There's no platforming by man that can replace a God-given platform. So everything is not equal. Principle number two, what people have may differ, but the measurement of success is the same. As much as I say all things aren't equal, it's not equal when it comes to the gifts, the talents, the platforms that someone may have, but it is equal in this, that the measurement of success is the same. The way God measures success is in a simple word called faithfulness. And that is whether you've been given five, whether you've been given two, or you've been given one, God asks you to be faithful, to be faithful over what you've been given and to be faithful in that responsibility. And so just remember, faithfulness is the requirement. It's the requirement with the person who has a lot, with the person who has a little, with the person who has the worldwide platform and the person who has the platform that is seldom seen. It's at that point that you understand that uh, faithfulness is the requirement. And remember uh, one of my quotes, uh, faith is when we can trust God. Faithfulness is when God can trust us. And so I want to just tell you that the measurement of success is the same. The opportunities may be different. The platform may be different, but faithfulness is the standard that God uses. Now, That being said, there's another thought, and that is thought number three, you're responsible for whatever God has given you. And you may look around and say, well, this person has a lot of opportunities, and I don't have many opportunities. This person has uh, a platform where everyone knows them, and my platform, only a few people know me. That's absolutely fine, but you're responsible for what God's given you. You may feel like you've been given less than others, but you're responsible for it. And see, in life, responsibility is one of those characteristics of maturity. Will you step up to the plate? Will you put your hand to the plow? Will you do what's necessary, given what you control and what you have? But in our society, we like to get mad and we get to like to talk about, well, that person's not doing their job, that person. No, the question is, are you responsible for your task, for your opportunity, for what you've been given? are you responsible? But see, if we're not careful, we want recognition without responsibility. We want to be recognized. Oh, I want to be like that person. I want to have those opportunities. I want to have that. And many times we want the recognition without the responsibility. We don't see the years that they've put in. We don't see the time they've invested. We don't see the hours. We don't see the dedication level. We don't see the devotion level. We don't see everything that's in play privately that you will never, see publicly. Because the majority of everything that someone will do in leadership, the majority of that is not noticed. They will not notice the time in study. They will not notice the time in prayer. They will not notice the time where your heart is crying out for people who are hurting. They will not notice that. And so you are responsible for what God's given you. And whatever God's given you, go ahead and demonstrate responsibility, go ahead and do exactly what you're supposed to do with whatever that task is. But you've got to be careful. Don't ever desire recognition without responsibility. If you want to be recognized, that is its own dangerous zone. Anytime you want the platform more than you want the will of God, you're in trouble. Because the will of God is what secures us. The platform can kill us. And so it's very, very important that we understand recognition without responsibility. Responsibility is one of those things that you have to have in life. Will you be responsible for what God's put in your hand? What did Peter say? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. I may not have everything, but here's what I do have. I will be responsible for that. And so that level of maturity is taught. So three thoughts so far. Uh, Everything's not equal. What people have may differ, but the measurement of success is the same. And you're responsible for what God's given you. Number four, time is your friend, so do not waste it. Time is your friend, so do not waste it. It's interesting in the New King James, it says to the person who was given five, it said, he went at once. I love that. He immediately said, I have a friend out there and it's time. And I want to make sure that that relationship with time is a wise relationship. It didn't say he waited. It said he went at once. And see, that's the thing. Too many people are in the wait mode. And when I talk about wait, yeah, uh, we wait on the Lord, but the Lord shouldn't be waiting on us. And there's a distinction between waiting on the Lord and the Lord waiting on us to get up, to get going, and to head out. And so here's the deal. Time is your friend. Don't waste it so many people are waiting they're waiting for the perfect moment they're waiting for the perfect time they're waiting for the perfect circumstance they're waiting for everything to be right they're waiting for all wrongs uh, to go away they're waiting for that good day versus that bad day they're waiting when uh they have no problems they're waiting and and here's the deal the longer you wait the less you're going to be effective in using your gift it says he went at once He went at once. You know, one of the things I can tell you about um, biblical leaders is they have a propensity towards action. And that is that they're immediately willing to take. God told uh, Joshua, Arise therefore and go into the land. He said, I want you to get up. I want you to get moving. I want you to get going. We know that uh, when you begin to take action, that somehow God's there to meet us. It's the greatest teaching opportunity, but it's the greatest opportunity to do something. Most people who changed the world did not know they were changing it at the time they did. They thought they were doing something that was just little insignificant, but they did something that was changing the world. And so with that being said, time's your friend. And here's what I can tell you. It's one of my quotes. Deadlines are what others give you. Discipline is what you give yourself. The discipline to look at the clock and say, I'm going to get up today and I'm going to move. The discipline to say, I'm going to develop my gifting and I'm going to utilize my gifting based on the platform that I have today. The discipline to do something. Now, here's what I know. If you don't have discipline, other people are gonna give you deadlines. They're gonna start saying, I need this by this. But the more disciplined you are, the less deadlines you'll have because you will be controlling the clock and no one asked to control it for you. When you're a kid, you may have asked your parents, well, what time is it now? But when you're a leader and you have discipline, you know that you're getting ahead of the clock. You're doing as much as you can, whenever you can, however you can, and you're playing that out. And so here's the deal. Time is your friend. Don't waste it. The fifth principle. If you're better at God, you get better at everything. In this story, there's a real raw moment. And the raw moment centers on the fact when the master comes back And he looks at the person with five who gained five more. And he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Again, the measurement of success is the same for everyone. It's faithfulness. He looked at the person who had two and he said, well done, my good and faithful servant, because he had doubled the two. But the one who had one, he looked at them and said, where is it? And that individual said, I had buried. I didn't do anything with it. But the reason he said he didn't do anything was this. He said, I realize that you're angry and you're hard. See, his misconceptions led to ineffectiveness in his gifting. And that's what happens. The better we are at God, the better we get at everything else. So the words that you're hard, well, we know that our God is loving. The the words that you are angry, we know that our God is caring. And so the better we know God, the more effective we become at everything in life. And the less we know God, the more ineffective we are in life. And so that private time where uh we begin to do what Paul said, where he says, "I know in whom I believe," He didn't say "I know about." He said, "I know Him." This isn't secondhand knowledge. this is personal knowledge. I know in whom I believe." And so it's important, if you're better at God, you will get better at everything. And so I want to encourage you that if there's ever a time and you feel like maybe the platform you do have isn't working well, the gift that you do have isn't functioning well, then I want to encourage you along these lines. Why don't you take a step and just say, God, what is it about you that I need to know that will help me in the areas you've asked me to be faithful? The sixth principle your results will be scrutinized. Don't get mad. See, when the master came back, he was expecting results. And that's a little bit awkward for some of us because we want to just feel like, well, I tried and that's enough. We know throughout the Bible, when Jesus walked by a fig tree, supposing that it had fruit on it, but he came and finding none, he cursed it. In Luke chapter 13, it talks about a man who came to a tree and the tree had not flourished. And he said, you need to cut it down. But there was a plan that was put in place to try to uh, bring that tree to a place of fruitfulness. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, God has expectations of us. And he doesn't expect anything of us that is beyond our ability to do. But he does expect us to be fruitful in life. And being fruitful in life is just one of those things. Uh, our lives are going to be scrutinized, our results will be scrutinized. Don't get mad. I know sometimes people will call me and say, "I work at a place," and um they're they're just saying, "I'm not producing," and they get all frustrated, and what I'm saying is maybe the expectations someone has of you are uh, disproportionate, but the expectation that you're going to achieve results that is biblical. And because you're going to achieve results, you're biblically focused, you're biblically attentive. And so don't get mad. And so we know that one day the greatest scrutiny we will face will not be from an individual that we work with or work for. It will be from our Lord and Savior who will say, I left and I went into a far country. I gave you some things. What did you do with them? So in this story, six principles that I think helps in leadership. Everything's not equal. You've got to come to terms with that. You may admire other people, and there are people that I am dear friends with, but I will never have that platform. God chose to give it to them. At the same time, what people have may differ, but the measurement of success is the same. Everybody is asked to be faithful. Whether you've got one, or you've got five, or you feel like you've got everything, you're responsible for what God's given you. In your life, you get to say, God, here's what you've given me. Here's what I'm doing with it. I will be responsible. I will but not be negligent when it comes to the gifts and the opportunities that you've given me. Number four, time is your friend. Don't waste it. People who lead, they maximize the clock. They know how to be efficient and effective. And efficiency is the ability to do your best better because you've learned how to master the clock. Number five, if you're better at God, you get better at everything. The better you know God, the closer you are to God, everything else really, really works. And number six, your results will be scrutinized. Don't get mad. Don't get upset. Don't get frustrated. Just understand this, that when you are out there with your giftedness, there will be a time when God says, hey, You'll know them by their fruit. And is the fruit reflective of who he's asked us to be? Six principles that I think are keys to leadership. And I think every leader has to wrap their arms around. And really, every staff has to wrap their arms around. Because so many of the staff problems I deal with is basically someone saying, well, they get opportunities, I don't. They have this, and I don't. Everything is not equal. That being said, let me say this to you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and be a person who likes to develop your leadership journey. Let me also mention to you my new book, uh, Snapshots of Faith. I'm so excited about it because I think it's going to help people. I think sometimes faith has been taught in the abstract instead of the concrete. And if we're going to get into the solid stuff about faith, we have to look at where it was taught the most in Hebrews chapter 11 is the most extensive teaching on faith in the Bible and in there I go verse by verse to help people elaborate what faith really is and to wrap your arms around and so I give you the snapshots by faith Abel what did he do he offered a more excellent sacrifice he worshiped see faith is is first and foremost not what God gives you but what you give God if you're a person of faith You're giving to God in sacrificial ways in worship. And then it says, and by faith Enoch, he walked. What is that saying? If you're a person of faith, it shows up in your everyday life. So if you're really worshiping God, that's Abel. It turns in to you walking with God like Enoch. And so you have this process. It begins in worship. It shows up in your walk. But then what does it say? And by faith, Noah. What was Noah? He was a witness. See, if you're truly worshiping God and walking with God, then you become a witness for God. The progression goes on throughout that chapter. I would encourage you that I think this book is one that needs to be read. It's one that needs to be taught. You can go to Gerald Brooks Ministries and, uh, com and order that book. Also, I want to encourage you that after the first of the year, there's so many opportunities where I'll be speaking uh, on the subject of leadership. Go on, look at those things, and see where I'll be close to you, and I'd love to get to meet you personally. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to the podcast.